Welcome to the Storyform podcast. Storyformed is here to celebrate the soul-forming power of imagination, good books, and beauty in the life of your child. Hello, everyone. I'm Holly Packiam, and I'm here as usual with Jamie Showmaker. Hello, Holly. Hi, I'm so excited to talk today. We're going to be kind of continuing our conversation from last time about summertime and things we can do to make the most of summer. Um, last, Our last podcast, if you haven't listened to it, you might want to catch that one. We talked about um, reading and kind of indoor things and what can we do to, what can we read with our kids to reinforce uh, certain things we want to do with them in the summer. And then we, we hinted on some, you know, getting outdoors and so we want to talk this time more specifically about about outdoors. And so if we're not inside for certain reasons, if we're wanting to get our kids outside, uh, what we can uh, what we can do to to encourage them to be outside. And so Jamie, what tell us a bit about um, what North Carolina is like right now? <laughs> it is hot in the summertime in North Carolina, at least in my part of North Carolina. There, are, um, we are just in the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains, and so. Um, the further you go up the mountain, the cooler it gets. But where we are um, in the summer, especially in like July and August, I mean, it's pushing 100 degrees most days. Wow. Um, yeah, it's very humid, sticky. Um, it's still beautiful. And we, mm-hmm. we still love to, you know, go outside. Um, but we, we try to do intentionally do things that are going to keep us cool. <laughs> so sure. uh, yes. yeah, and sometimes that does mean staying inside. But we do have, you know, on our property, our Um, we have a couple of acres and it's mostly wooded. So my boys can still get outside most days and they're in the cool of the shade in the woods. And, um, they have lots of space to play and explore their own backyard without it getting too hot. We have to keep an eye on the heat a little bit, but, um, yeah, it's it's hot here, Holly. <laughs> yes, it's yeah. I know. I I can relate a little bit to my growing up years in Iowa and it's not that hot, but our summers were very were humid and hot and so it was definitely like you had to plan Mm-hmm. What times a day that you know is better to be out in the mid right. in the in the you know true heat of the middle part of the day and you know, air right. conditioning sounds, sounds nice. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we go out a lot early in the mornings and then at dusk, okay, um, yeah. which is also the fun time, you know, because that's when you can catch lightning bugs right. and all of these wonderful, fun summer activities that you have to, mm-hmm. you have to do. So, right. yes. Yeah, can you find various sorts of insects and do the boys get into that kind oh, of thing? Oh, yes. <laughs> well, they're boys. Yes. <laughs> so, yes, they are constantly looking for insects. They love to, you know, go out in the woods and turn over a rock or a stump mm-hmm. or something like that and mm-hmm. find all manner of creatures underneath. I'm and sure. yes. yes, we yeah. have an old um, tree stump. I don't know what it is. It looks like it's been already devoured by insects. Honestly, oh, wow. it, it, it hasn't been cut, um, but it, it's really just a stump left with just a little bit of tree sticking out. And there's always all kinds of little insects and creatures and things in there. And they like to turn over leaves and look at, um, you know, just the different, um, I don't know what they're, if they're like, um, cocoon type things that they, um, different insects, um, they 
kind of stick to the underside of leaves. I don't know what they are, but we, mm-hmm. we have all manner of those um, in under just different kinds. They all look different. And so we're kind of trying to go through and explore and figure out, okay, what could this be? What's right. this going to turn into? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and, um, my rule is you cannot bring it in the house. Don't bring it in the house. Mm-hmm. I don't want it. <laughs> it's not hatching in my house. We do have a nature table. So they are oh, allowed to okay. bring things into the yeah. house. But I I have to examine it um, very carefully beforehand because we don't want, um, you know, all of these different critters, um, you know, entering the world in our schoolroom. Yes. (laughs) Right. Definitely. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's great. Well, do you, do you guys get out? So if you're, um, are there places that you can go to, to see kind of when in the heat of the day, are there places where you live that they can kind of get a taste of the outdoors, but maybe indoors, I don't like museums or. Gosh, Yes, we have, um, there about a half hour from us, there is a science center that they love to go to and they have, um, live animals there. Plus they have lots of other, um, animals stuffed and things like that that right. they can look at up close and really get a good look at. Um, so we'll go to the science center frequently and there's, um, and we still go outside during the day. Um, we just have to kind of make sure that we're, um, going places that are a little bit cooler. There's a, um, plantation. Um, it's an oh. old estate, not very far from my house and it has a nature preserve and it's absolutely gorgeous. So it's got trails that are, you know, shaded and then, um, like a lake and things like that. So we can, they can play there. And when they are a little bit older, I'm going to take them, um, to a place it's called sliding rock. And it's mm. just, um, we're, like I said, we're at the base of the Appalachian mountains. And so there are all kinds of beautiful places there that we can go hike and that have waterfalls and overlooks and all kinds of things when they get just a tad older, right. they're just now getting to the point where they can handle some short hikes and stuff. Mm-hmm. But there's a place called Sliding Rock and it's actually basically like a large Creek that shallowly covers like a, a sloping rock. And so the kids will literally climb up to the top of it and slide down. It's like, it's like nature's slip and slide. Oh, right. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. fun. It's fun. And it goes into a Creek and that kind of thing. And there is a, a park up in the mountains that has a large Creek and it's very shallow. It comes up to my oldest son, just like above his knees and my youngest son's waist. And so they can go in and wade in there very safely. And they love to do that and, you know, look for tadpoles and just little minnows and, and things like that. So we, we try to stay around water <laughs> if we can sure. in the summertime. Yes. Yes. And we're near the beach as well. So yeah, how far are we, you from the, from the ocean? My house is probably about three and a half hours okay. from the ocean. Okay. So depending on which part, we actually, it's actually quicker to go to South Carolina beaches mm-hmm. than it is okay. North Carolina from where we are. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we have, we go there several times a year. We try to go at least once in the summertime. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's fun. Oh, I'm a little jealous, but, <laughs> but I live by the mountains, so I have right. nothing to complain about. It's well, just- I've never been to the Rockies. I'm getting ready to come and I'm so right. excited. So Jamie and I have not actually met each other in person yet, only talking through phone calls and writing and, of course, our podcasts. And so I'm I'm excited to meet you in person. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I've never been west of Texas, so I'm wow. I can't I'm thrilled. Yes, it's going to be a new adventure for me. And I cannot wait to see. I cannot wait to see Colorado. So. Yes, it's yeah, we so we've kind of got a bit of an opposite summer experience. 
than you in that it's uh, pretty mild temperatures. It's pretty dry. So we hardly have any insects at all, which is mm. mostly great for them not coming in the house, you know, but not a lot of insects to find just because it's it's so dry. So we've got that kind wow. of dry heat. The only... We, well, we do have rattlesnakes, though, but not near our property, but there are certain parks kind of near our mm-hmm. town where in the summertime, I mean, it's not really common to see them, but, and I actually mm-hmm. haven't, but I've had friends that, uh, well, like that, you know, they like that heat to the dry heat upon rocks right. and stuff. So it, it's, it's been, people have been known to see them. So that's one thing that we have to kind of watch out for, but, right. um, but I'm, yeah, I'm just excited to get outside and to, we have, I mean, in our backyard, we have so many, just like in our literal backyard and our extended backyard, we've got, we're at the foothills and so I can drive about 10 minutes to 15 minutes and get to, a, there's a peak kind of near us called Blodgett Peak and it's so close and there's nature preserves and hiking and so I have no excuse not to be getting my kids outside <laughs> and, and they are at the age now where they can, my youngest is four, almost five this summer. And so, you know, they, they can all, she can hang in there and my oldest are, you know, really gearing to go and do that kind of thing. And so it's, we're finally here. I've been really waiting for years and having, you know, ideas of, of hiking and had such a love of nature, but it's been hard to, mm-hmm. to fulfill those things. And so now we're finally here and can do it. So that's, that's really, really exciting. That is exciting. Yeah. That's good. And we're, I'm from Iowa, as I've mentioned probably before, and um, we are going to get to take a trip just for probably like five days to um, my my parents to live on the farm that I grew up on. And so I'm really excited for the kids to to see kind of what the state and stage of different uh, fields and things. And the, I, we miss planting season, but they'll get to see stuff coming up. So that'll be really mm-hmm. um, my dad plants corn and beans and then he also has vegetable and flower gardens and uh my mom sent me a picture the other day of apple tree blossoms blooming and so there'll definitely be so much to soak up and see and I'm gonna encourage my dad to you know explain what's going on in these processes right so yeah I'm really excited for them to take all that in and and that sounds wonderful you said maybe in a previous in one of our previous talks about reading Farmer Boy, and I think yes. you mentioned reading that, and so we're that's on our plans too to read that, and hopefully before we go to the farm. And I think sometimes with having grown up there, I forget that my kids don't have that same uh, frame of mind and that same you know those long years of living there. So I have to remind myself to to explain things or ask my dad to explain things, and if they're not already you know asking those kind of questions, so right I'm excited for that. Yeah, that's the good thing about books, though, because they can take them there before they even encounter it. They can see and and understand. And um, so that's great. You can do that. Yes, definitely. Um, So near so near the you said getting to the beach like part of the year. And do you so in connection with reading, do you guys read books about the beach, too? And we do. I try to read books to my boys about anything that I think we're going to encounter outside. First of all, with the beach, they are obsessed with ocean animals anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, from from the very beginning, my my middle child, especially Eli, he is in love with sharks, 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> and dolphins, yeah. and whales. And mm-hmm. uh, my oldest is he loves whales, and he can tell you all about the different kinds of whales and. Um, so we, we read a lot of nonfiction books about sea animals, first of mm-hmm. all. Um, 
and there are some great ones out there, but we also, we do fiction books too. Like, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the picture book, Night of the Moon Jellies by Mark Shasta. I don't think so. No. Yeah. They like that one. Okay. Yeah. And um, I think it was out of print and I think it's coming back into print now. Purple House Press is getting ready to reprint that one. So if you are looking for that one from the podcast notes and you have a hard time finding it, don't worry. It will come back. Um, Yeah. Um, So we read a lot of nonfiction books about whales and sharks and dolphins. And we have lots of like DK eyewitness books with those kinds of things. Um, But one of these days... I told you we we go to the South Carolina beaches. Those are a little bit closer. But mm-hmm. if you're familiar at all with the geography of North Carolina, I'm sure you've heard about the Outer Banks. Yes. In North mm-hmm. Carolina, they're mm-hmm. beautiful, beautiful beaches um, with lighthouses. And um, they're just pristine and so much history there um, with the pirates. And I mean, there really was like a pirate culture yeah. <laughs> uh, on the, the coast of North Carolina. Some really interesting historical things happened with some of the early um, colonial settlers in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, but another really cool thing is on the Outer Banks, they there are these wild horses, mm-hmm. and they they run wild on the Outer Banks. You can see them. You can you know drive up and you don't get close to them, but you can see them. I mean, I've never seen a wild like a truly wild horse, and they just run on these beaches. And so is this the, the is ocean. this the same place where like the misty of Chinquantique books? Is it I the same horses as I, it's the same kind of thing. I'm okay. not sure where the Misty. I have okay. the Misty books, but I haven't mm-hmm. read them yet. Okay. I need to read them. But um, I need to place trying, where the islands are exactly. Yes, yes, yes. It's the same kind of thing happening okay. there. So I'm mm-hmm. looking everywhere for this book, um, Wild Horses of Sweetbriar, which kind of tells the same kind of story. Okay. So that way, one day when we do go, we do see the wild horses. They they have this narrative to go with it, you know, mm-hmm. with these books and mm-hmm. stuff. So. Oh, trying to find wonderful. that. Maybe yes. some landmark books about pirates. We've got to find, I know that there are some landmark, but you know the landmark books, yes. right? Are you familiar with that? Yes. yes. There okay. has to be something about, the, I think, the Barbary pirates so. or something. Yeah. There has to be yes. Yes. <laughs> something. So you have so. you been there yourself? Already? I have never been to the okay. Outer Bank. Okay. No. I have been to, um, in North Carolina, There's a there are two sounds, mm-hmm. bodies of water that kind of, um, break up the mainland from the Outer Banks. And I've been kind of to the very tip of the sounds, but I have never crossed the sounds over to the islands, to the to the barrier islands. So I, it will be a new experience for me as well. Yeah, oh, so. that's great. Yes. yes. We, yeah, we, um, we've only been to the ocean a couple of years ago. And so um, I'm excited to hopefully explore North Carolina one day. So, but until then, through books. <laughs> right. One of the books that just comes to mind is, uh, we just got this from the library this week. Um, I don't know if you've heard of this one called The Seashore Book by Charlotte yes. Zolot- Zolotow, Zolotow. I'm not sure how. Yes. She's written mm-hmm. a lot of books. But um, yeah, we just read that one. There's beautiful pictures in it. Um, paintings by Wendell Minor. Um, but yeah, it was my daughter was really wanting me to read that one over and over. And I loved reading about the sea, too. So yes. that was really fun. Um, so what other, do you guys have a stack of nature books that you kind of go to or what are your favorites? We do. You mentioned a seashore book. One that we have, um, specifically it's actually called the seashore book. It's, I don't know if you're familiar with the one small square books. Um, no. it's there by Donald Silver and they take just different, um, habitats. Like we have seashore and we also have woods, mm-hmm. but I think he has like backyard and he has pond and rainforest and different things. And it, 
it takes a square of that habitat, pulls it out, and then he goes through and examines in minute detail everything that's within that square. And so it goes, yes, so you learn about the soil and you learn about the critters and the creatures and the plant life and all of that within that square um, of seashore or or of the woods or whatever. So we have several of those and they're nonfiction. There's no Mm -hmm. story or narrative or anything Mm -hmm. that goes along. But because of the illustrations and the Mm -hmm. detail, my boys absolutely love to go through and look at those. Oh, neat. uh, Yes, we we also our very favorite books for nature. Are you familiar with the Thornton Burgess books? Yes, I was. It's the throw bird those book. Out there too. Yes, those <laughs> yes. Are some of our favorites. Yes, we love, love those. Yes, yes, we have the bird book and the animal book. He also has a seashore book, but we don't have that one yet. And I think he has one on um, flowers. I think mm-hmm. uh, the flower book, but the bird book we read that very frequently. And in fact, we have a. Um, a cardinal family that lives in our, on our property. And oh. my boys named the male Cardinal glory after glory, the Cardinal. Oh, from the- <laughs> yes. Yeah. We were yeah. reading the, the bird book this year too, in our morning time. And yes. Yes. It was fun. Yeah. We, we love that one. So that those are definitely worth, um, worth tracking down. Um, we have those in our, our stack and of course, Anna Comstock's handbook of nature study. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you we have, have that. that. We do. Yeah. Yeah. That's really helpful. Just as a parent, my boys don't read that one. Of yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. It's, it's very you know, thick it's, though, but it is very thick and, but it's good. Yeah. <laughs> it it's nice. It's nice. Cause they'll say, you know, mom, what is that? Cause we had a, a red tailed hawk that was um, coming on our property last summer. Um, mm-hmm. And he would come every evening and sit up on this branch in our yard. And um, so we would watch him. And I mean, we could get kind of close. He let us get close and look at him. Um, but they wanted to learn about it. So I was able to open up the Handbook of Nature study and read about the red-tailed hawk. And they were able to learn a little bit about him and what he does and, you know, um, you know what his prey is. And in fact, that kind of... Um, got them a little bit upset because we thought it might be the cardinal babies <laughs> that he, was, he was after. So we eventually after that, we started kind of trying to shoo him off a little bit because we didn't want him to, to come near our cardinal family. But, right. um, well, and what we I love, love, Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was gonna say we, we love that book. I love that yeah. book because it's just a good reference for me as a mom, as my boys are right. out, um, exploring nature. When they ask me these questions, I know I can usually find the answer in that book. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. I was just going to say that what I love about just, you know, having these uh, books about nature and about animals and then, you know, seeing some of it, whatever your environment is, that that can be kind of like, it's a connection that goes back and forth. Like you said, mm-hmm. that you can read about something and then see it. Or you know, for us, we've got, um, we had a, a neighborhood, a guy in the neighborhood who was really trying to promote, uh, it's a particular kind of bluebird and they're, they're really small. Um, but he, they, they're just, they're not um, becoming extinct or anything, but they're, they're just the population has really been dropping in our area. And he was really um, a nature lover and wanting to promote, uh, you know, activity with these birds. And so he asked us if he could put up a birdhouse on our property last summer. Mm. And so he put, he's like, you know, you won't probably see them or see anything um, this, this year yet. Cause it was kind of late summer, but he said, probably by spring you might see some. And so it's been so neat for the kids because we, we see there's one in that she's put a nest in. And so we, 
there's a way to open it to see what's going on, but the way that she put oh, her wow. in there, it would be too risky to uh-huh. open it. I really, I really want to, but I'm not going to. But I see, oh, like yeah. every time we drive up, <laughs> she must hear. She like pops her little head out of there, right? It's near our garage, and so it's been so fun to be learning about you know, these type of birds and he gave us a picture. So then they were able to identify it and other things. And so just that back and forth, you know, they're reading about it. They're mm-hmm. seeing it. Of course, that's not always right. possible for a lot of animals, but it's neat when they can make the connections, I think. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So, um, uh, I think we'd talked about before that you, do you guys have certain kinds of fruit that you can pick in your area? We do. And, you know, we, we have, um, blue, we have four blueberry bushes on our property, but, um, they are just kind of starting to get going. And so we had like, I don't know, maybe, maybe like 50, (laughs) 50 blueberries. And I doubt we'll have any this year because we had a hard freeze this Mm, spring after. Yeah. But we always go, go blueberry picking, um, every single July. And so that's one of my boys' favorite things to do. In fact, they, they're already asking me, is it time yet? Is it time? I'm like, no, it's not July yet. Um, but we do that every single year. And, of course, we have to read blueberries for Sal every single time. Of course. Like, over and over. <laughs> and we usually read it before, but last year we didn't read it till afterwards. And it was funny because we were – you know, picking the blueberries and we try to fill as many buckets as we can so we can make, you know, jam and different things um, for our freezer. But we hadn't even read it. It had been like, probably a year since we had read it. And my oldest son, every single time he'd drop a blueberry in the bucket, he was saying, kerplink, kerplink, kerplink. Oh, so <laughs> you know, it's so ingrained in his, yeah, in his oh, mind. So yes. <laughs> so, yes. Of course, then we had to go home and read it. So, yes. yeah, I mean, there are lots of different books that you can pair with those kinds of activities, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, will you guys be doing any traveling outside of your area? Well, we'll go to the beach probably at some point. That's not totally scheduled yet, but, um, you're planning this year to go to Williamsburg, Mm -hmm. Virginia. Mm -hmm. Um, there's the town of Williamsburg and then also right there together is Jamestown and Yorktown. Mm -hmm. Um, and they all have wonderful things, um, educational things where you can learn about those, um, settlements, Janestown settlement, and then the town of Williamsburg. And all three of my boys are in love with the revolutionary war era. Um, and last year we went to Washington DC too. So we're kind of trying to tie, we're still mm-hmm. reading the same books <laughs> because mm-hmm. we went to Washington You're DC brave with your three little ones. <laughs> Yeah, they they had a they had a blast. Um, one time, one day, even my youngest was sick, and so my husband stayed in the hotel with him, and I took the two older ones mm. by myself uh-huh. <laughs> on the bus and around to all the monuments and things like that. They they loved it, but we try to read books to go along with that mm-hmm. as well. Like right now, well, we have read and we are still reading in prep in preparation for the Williamsburg trip. Um, a lot of Jean Fritz books. Are you familiar with yes. her books? Yep. Yes, they're so fun. Mm-hmm. Like um, George Washington's Breakfast and um, Can't You Make Them Behave, King George. Yes. And um, there, she has so many um, different books that is they're kind of narratives around the, the historical event. And so my boys love those. Um, we read those. We read. Um, both George Washington and Abraham Lincoln by the Dolaires. Are yes. do you know the Dolaires? Yeah, we read those yes. this year. Yeah, with my son. Yes. Some of our favorites yes. that my my boys loved those books mm. um, because I think 
one of the things they loved about those is that the Dolaires start out the biography with with them as children and they're very childlike. Mm -hmm. And so they can, they can really relate to the fact that, you know, George Washington was this little boy, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and it gives them kind of a vision Mm -hmm. for, um, you know, not just seeing what George Washington's life was like, but it kind of paints the picture. Well, he was just like me, you know, (laughs) what what can I do? What's my story going to be, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So we read those and, um, they loved, um, before we went to DC, we read the Cornerstone of Freedom books. Those are old. I don't know. You, I don't know if you've heard I of those. I have. Yeah. They're, uh, they were published, I think in the sixties. I'm not positive. I'll need to get some out maybe in our podcast notes. We can put a little bit yeah, about them, but, um, they have dozens of books and they're about, um, like historical people in historical places. Like one of them was, um, the story of Mount Vernon. Because when we went to Washington, D.C., we stopped and went to Mount Vernon Mm -hmm. since we had read, you know, all these things about George Washington. And it literally tells the story of the building of Mount Vernon. And one of them was the story of the Capitol building Mm -hmm. and even the story of the Smithsonian Museum. And it tells it tells them an interesting um, kind of a narrative about it. And it Mm -hmm. keeps the kids engaged. But it's it's still kind of nonfiction and and it's giving them information as mm-hmm. well but in a in a fun and engaging way so they they loved those That's and great yes and of course landmark books i i mentioned yes. those yes. <laughs> but yeah. um well, it's so can't get enough to landmark you guys books. it's so great that yeah. you're so close to so many historical things and you can expose the boys when they're so young that's that's really yeah. neat they yes. love it yeah that's awesome <laughs> yeah. um well let's we're about to wrap up but let's throw out maybe a few more nature books that um, that might just be you know kind of fun as as listeners or as you know as you're getting outside and um you know just different books to inspire you to think about nature to, and, and animals um a couple that we have really loved but one of this this one's been a favorite of mine it's called owls in the family have you read that jamie I haven't. I haven't okay. heard of that one. Okay. Um, it's by Farley Moet, who is from Canada, and he's written quite a few books. It's the only one that I've read, but he writes a lot about nature and animals, and um, he grew up in northern Saskatchewan, and um, I don't know how, I think some of it is related to his actual growing up, but it's fictionalized. So I'm not sure exactly how much is true, but it's, it's funny um, that it's basically, they have these family, two family pets um, that are owls and just, they have names and they're, it's just, it's kind of, you, you really get involved in their home life and all the, uh, the boys like trips out into nature and then just the and there's lots of animals living in the house so I read that to my oldest daughter when I think when she was in second grade or so Mm. and then we've just kept reading it so I have not read it to my son yet so I'm really excited to read that with him soon and then another one we just did on audiobook uh, that we listened to in the car driving around town with during activities uh, is called Rascal by Sterling North yeah and I had not I had not read it or listened to it before. So it was really fun for me, just him. And that I, I'm pretty sure this is also uh, based on his stories of actually growing up. And so it kind of hints also on the beauty of nature. He's an 11 year old boy. And so my, all my kids enjoyed it, but especially my son, I, I could see him really keying into his descriptions of being outside. And it was kind of a time, I'm trying to think what year it was written in, but it was a time when 
kids just seem to be a bit more free to roam and to discover things and use his imagination. And so mm-hmm. his, his mom had died. And so he was living with his dad alone. And so kind of the nature of that setup, he, he had lots of freedom to explore and invent and, um, and rascal was his pet raccoon. So right. all of it involving, involving uh, rascal. So, and um, I think earlier we'd talked about, Misty of, I could be butchering the name, Chinquantique, but we've read that. And so just a book about the um, wild horses mm-hmm. on, on islands on the, on the, off the East Coast. Um, yes. My girls have absolutely loved those books. And there's yes. also a movie, a really old movie. Um, have you seen the movie? I haven't. Okay, I, yes. haven't. Yeah, I have so, the books, yeah. but I, I have not yeah. read them. So I am not yeah. at all familiar with Misty. I'm going to okay. have to read them. Yeah, yes. I think you'll really enjoy it. So what others can you think of, Jamie? Um, well, my boys absolutely love, these are kind of nature slash geography, but the books by Holland C. Holling. Yes. Are you familiar with yes. those? Like yeah, we have Paddle to the Sea and Seabird and um, Pagoo. Mm-hmm. And yes, mm-hmm. my boys love those. Um, and that's kind of, like I said, it's a little nature and geography mm-hmm. mixed in together. Yeah. Yes. Um, so they, they love those. And my favorite um, books about nature, or I guess I should say books that inspire me um, mm-hmm. to love nature, because right. I, I am more of an indoor kind of girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but when I read... Um, Freckles by Jean Stratton Stratton Porter. Mm -hmm. Um, All of her books, they are so beautiful. Freckles, Girl of the Limberlost, um, Laddie. um, I'm trying to think of what some of the other ones were. Um, Keeper of the Bees. Keeper of the Bees, yes. Mm -hmm. Song of the Cardinal. Um, She just has such a talent for... um, giving you a vision for the beauty of nature and um, just helps you to, to really fall in love with it. You can tell she loved it. Mm-hmm. And so that her love for it um, comes out on the page and she just kind of brings you into that and draws you in. And I, it made me want to go to the Limberlost <laughs> forest yes. and, you know, find the butterflies and all of these. I mean, that I can't, I can't recommend those enough mm-hmm. for somebody, especially who isn't really into nature themselves, mm-hmm. um, but wants to kind of grow in their appreciation. Uh, I think Jean Stratton Porter is fantastic for that, but those are f- more for older. Yeah. I was just saying, uh, my, it, my, yeah. my 12 year old, she was 11 last summer and she just started getting in to reading these mm-hmm. then, but right. maybe a little earlier, just depending on, you know, right. the level of reading yes. and, um, one that's uh, oh, I was going to make a comment about Jean Stratton Porter. I think if I remember right, I I listened to someone once kind of talking about her and her childhood, and if, if I remember correctly, I think she was the youngest of maybe eleven children. Wow! And she just because there's so much going on in the family, I don't know what her parent, what her you know, either of her parents, what their profession or vocation was, but uh, she they just sort of decide, you know, she just being the youngest, there, there was sort of a lot going on. They just sort of let her roam. So her childhood mm-hmm. was just filled with roaming in the woods. And, and so I just thought, you know, based on the themes of her books, that makes sense. Right. <laughs> right. But yes, just, absolutely. Experience. She obviously yeah, had a familiarity with her, you know, a real true knowledge of being in it and knew it and integrated that into all of her stories. So. Right. That's kind of yes. interesting. Um, we, a book I've been wanting to, uh, that I have not read and my kids have not read is The Yearling. Yes. And, <laughs> have you read that? I started that book um, when I was in junior high and mm-hmm. I, I didn't get, 
it just pulled at my heartstrings so much oh. that I couldn't finish it at the time. Um, and so I have not read it, but one of my very favorite albums by Andrew Peterson is inspired by The Yearling. I don't really? know if you're. I didn't yes. know that. Which one is yes. it? Yes. Light for the Lost Boy. Okay, I did not There's know even that. a song. There's even a song in there, the Ballad of Jody Baxter, which and so you there's you can tell just by listening okay. to him write about it or his inspiration. It, it makes me want to read the story because it so inspired oh, him. I'll have to, to go such and beat. listen to that again through <laughs> yes. fresh eyes. Yes. <laughs> oh, so I need to read sweet. that. Yes, that's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, do you have any final thoughts, Jamie, as we're wrapping up? No, I'm just excited to um, get my boys outside now that they're bigger. Like you said, mm-hmm. we're kind of coming out of that season of having to be inside all the time. And they're able to um, do a little bit more, hike a little further, see a little bit more, you know, explore a little bit more on their own. Like you were talking about Gene Stratton Porter and being able to kind of room free. Mm-hmm. They're not quite there yet, but it, I do try to stay out of eyesight a little bit uh-huh. so they feel <laughs> like they're, right. that they're free. Um, so we're really looking forward to some of those adventures this summer and yes. looking forward most of all to reading all the books that go along with them. Yes, definitely. Yes. Yeah, I'm really, really excited too. And just again, as an encouragement to the to the listeners who, you know, if you're feeling like this isn't the season for you to be able to get out or for whatever reasons, um, I, I recently read a comment, heard from a mom who said, you know, she's in, enjoying, uh, you know, some of the things that we're processing and writing about because she's got, I think, three or four kids under five. And so mm-hmm. thinking about her and, you know, just um, being a little bit more tucked away in the home. But that's, again, why we love books so much is that it is a way for us to connect with things that, you know, we might not be able to get out and do or just depending on where you live, uh, you know, in your the weather and circumstances and, you know, jobs and whatever it might be. Sometimes there's just barriers to being able to carry out the vision that we want to, but we can always have, you know, a basket of books beside us right. to be able <laughs> to enter those experiences. And I also just love how, how God can, you know, awaken our hearts uh, to, to seeing his beauty and in, in a flower or in an animal and um, that it, and it can be through a book too. I've had many moments where I felt, um, just his love and his goodness uh, through creation awakened in me through a story. Yes, so. absolutely. Yeah. So, well, thanks everyone for listening and, uh, we'll be with you again on another podcast soon. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to check out our website at storyform.com for show notes and like us on our Storyform Facebook page and follow us at Storyformed Home on Instagram. Please rate us on iTunes and leave a comment so that others can find out about us too. May you and your family be Storyformed. Storyformed.